millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi. This is Misty, and this is Lattes and Legends. Hi, you guys. I'm actually in my office today. Hence the spooky music. Don't worry. I didn't talk to anybody on my way here. And I didn't touch anything, but I'm making soap, so that helps. Um, so hi, it's Monday. It's not Sunday. Um, I've sort of just lost track of the days. So making a podcast on a Monday morning. Happy Monday! I'm having a coffee and a bagel, just hanging out. Like I said, I'm making some soap and some hand sanitizer. So if you know anyone that needs soap or hand sanitizer, I have it. I also have a website, passionflowerbeauty.com, and soaps are 50% off right now. So you should check it out. Um, so really fast, I'm going to do some, I don't know, I guess housekeeping. Check out Instagram, Lattes and Legends, Facebook, Lattes and Legends Podcast, and I'm on Twitter, also Lattes and Legends. And a little shout out to my podcasting crew on Twitter. Those are awesome, and I'm glad I'm not the only one that's being all weird with social distancing. It's really hard, guys, but apparently it's the thing to do. So, yeah, so let's talk about happy stuff. Um, it's spring, the sun's out for my East Coast friends. I know pollen is kicking your butts, so sorry. Hope everyone is safe and everyone is enjoying time with their friends or family or whatnot. I had a Zoom chat with some girls last night, so it was good to see their faces. 
So girls, if you're listening, hi. So I'm going to talk about another cursed film. So this is cursed films part four. This one I didn't know about until I heard on the history channel. I think it was, I don't remember. Um, and then it made me really want to go back and watch all of these movies. So I'm talking about the Superman curse. What? Superman curse, you say? Oh, yes. Superman curse. So sources for this are Wikipedia, history.com, cheatsheet.com, mirror.co.uk, kqed.org, and mysteriousuniverse.org. So here we go. So if you are not familiar with anything Superman, it is a comic from the DC world. Maybe that's the other reason I wasn't so into it is because I'm not a DC girl. I'm a Marvel girl. Sorry, DC. No hard feelings. Um, okay. So the supposed Superman curse can be traced all the way back to when the character was created by comic book artists Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. It has sometimes been noted that they are perhaps the first to suffer the wrath of the curse, as their character only started getting popular and making real money after they had sold the rights to DC Comics for $130. Yeah, that's it. Siegel and Schuster would go on to try to claim some legal rights to the ownership and royalties, but were never able to get anywhere with it. In the end, they would barely ever see a dime from the iconic creation, and Siegel would at one point say, I can't stand to look at Superman. It makes me physically ill. I love Superman, and yet to me, he has become an alien thing. In the later years, they would both fall on hard financial times, with Schuster also suffering from a myriad of medical problems, including horrible eyesight that prevented him from drawing and making a living. And although they were finally granted a byline in Superman materials, they were paid a pit, a pittance, sorry, I'm not sure where, why I wrote that word, and lived in near poverty their entire lives. It leaves us asking whether this was part of the curse or just bad luck on a poor business choice. But if there is a curse, it can be traced back here to the very beginning. Whether the curse started with Siegel and Schuster or not, it is certainly not the end. In many cases, those supposedly affected were actors associated in some way with the series on TV, animation, and film. In the 1940s, Superman made his first appearance on television in the form of a series of two low-budget black-and-white shows starring actor Kurt Allen as the Man of Steel. Far from a career boom for him, the role pretty much destroyed it. When the series ended, he found himself with no job, unable to snag any roles other than bit parts and commercial voiceovers, Simply because of the fact that he was associated with Superman, he was typecast, and no one really even knew his name because he was an unknown actor. Um, and the shows and series he had appeared in, he never got credit for. In his later years, 
His mind would wither away due to Alzheimer's, and he would die in 1999 in obscurity, basically, never having landed another famous role and claiming later in his life that Superman ruined his life. Hmm. Hmm. Let that roll around for a second. Um, the Curse of Superman reared its ugly head again when the first Superman animated series aired from 1941 to 1943. The character was voiced by a man named Bud Collier. While nothing bad happened to him at the time, and indeed he went on to become very successful when he hosted To Tell the Truth, things got a little bit worse later on in his life. In 1966, a new Superman animated series called The New Adventures of Superman was launched, and he was asked to do the voiceover again. He did, and fans were so excited. Just a few years after taking this gig, he would suddenly fall ill with a severe and unexpected circulatory ailment, which was real quick, very quick. Um, and killed him at the age of 61. Hmm. I don't like these trends of these curses. It's kind of creepy, just like a curse is. Okay, moving on to the next one. <clears throat> um, it was creepy that he did get that circulatory ailment, but this is not the worst of it yet. So, in 1951, George Reeves took up the role of Superman in the film Superman and the Mole Men, as well as a Superman TV series that ran from 1952 to 1958. Although he had a very long film career before his role as the Man of Steel, his career would take a nosedive after his first appearance in the film and the series, as he began to get typecast also, like Kirk. Alan. He would find fewer and fewer roles that did not have to do with Superman. And even when he did appear in films, people could just not separate him from Superman. He would spiral into a deep depression, and he was the first to voice the idea that he had literally been cursed by the Superman role. On June 16, 1959, just a day before his wedding, he was found dead in his home by a self-inflicted gunshot wound while his girlfriend and friends had a party downstairs. Although officially considered a suicide, considering Reeves' fingerprints were not found on the gun, it has long generated rumors and conspiracy theories that foul play was involved. And I have a little bit more on this. Okay, so the mysterious death of George Reeves comes from theguardian.com, and I'm just going to read a little excerpt from this article. Um, the house was bought by four Reeves in 1950 by his longtime lover, Tony Mannix. Um, his body was found on the morning of June 16th, 1959, while his fiance, Leonore Lemon, was having a party downstairs with Robert Condon and two neighbors. They were all drunk when the cops arrived. In the windowless upstairs bedroom, Reeves lay naked in a pool of his own blood, gun at his feet, a shell casing beneath his corpse, a bullet in his brain, and a thick spray of gore stretching up the wall. 
This was an open shut case of suicide, said the LA Police Department and the coroner, before closing the investigation with what some consider haste. The newspapers were in a frenzy for a week. They Then they dropped the story completely. But among the dead men's friends, there were many who called it murder, and there was no shortage of suspects or motives. The case has never been reopened, but the doubts have been satisfactory, satisfactorily laid to rest. So there's still a lot of uncertainty about it. There's a lot of movies that have been made as well. So let's talk about a little bit more about this article. So it says, on the night Reeves died, he and Lemon, the woman for whom he dumped his ex, had gone out to dinner and had many drinks. They left Condon in the house and they returned around 11 p.m. He went to bed alone around midnight, but came down in a very irritated mood about an hour later when Condon's lover, a married neighbor, showed up with another man who lived nearby. They hardly even knew each other. Condon later said that Reeves apologized for his bad mood and returned upstairs. Then according to the police report, Lemon said, he's going to shoot himself. Whereupon, through the thin ceiling, they heard a bedside table open. He's getting the gun now and he's going to shoot himself, Lemon said. Sure enough, a shot rang out. Then... The neighbor ran upstairs and found him dead on the bed. At least this is how four drunk witnesses said it went down in their first interviews. Um, The coroner's autopsy took place after the corpse had been thoroughly washed. It failed to test for powder traces on Reeves' hands, and even though... The top of his skull was removed. No one checked the head for gun wound traces, which had been present, which would have been present if he had shot himself at close range. All right. So, and also he didn't leave a suicide note and he was naked. So um, there's a lot of information on this case and you can look it up. Uh, Pretty interesting stuff. So, um, if I were a true crime show, I'd probably do an episode on it. So if you're a true crime show and you're listening, you should probably do an episode on it. Mm-hmm. All right. So next, um, okay, let's keep going. It was Reeves' death and his ominous mention of curses in the days before that would truly bring the idea of the Superman curse to life. And this was when the public began speculating that there might be something to it after all. This would be bolstered by the next high-profile victim of the curse. Perhaps the highest-profile victim of the alleged curse is the man who most people probably see as the quintessential Superman, and that's actor Christopher Reeve. He was in Superman the Movie in 1978, Superman 2 in 1980, Superman 3 in 1983, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace in 1987, And people said that he truly embodied the superhero. And this might be why he would draw the most attention to this curse. There was, of course, the typical typecasting involved when it came to Reeve. And indeed, he found little memorable work outside of the role that made him famous. He was mostly regulated to bit parts or those that had something to do with Superman. But he managed to keep his career afloat 
and this would be the least of his worries as the curse began its dark work. On the side, Reeve was an avid horseback riding enthusiast, often participating in equestrian events. But on May 27th, 1995, one of these events would go tragically wrong when the actor was thrown from his horse to break his neck and leave him paralyzed from the neck down. Oddly, the grievous injury was blamed on witness accounts that his hands had rather freakishly gotten hopelessly tangled in the reins, forcing his head to take the brunt of the impact. Reeve would never walk again, and he became a major advocate of treatment and support of those suffering paralysis, yet his life was tragically cut short at the age of 52 when he died on October 10th, 2004, from heart and lung comp complications related to a reaction to his medication. Rather eerily, his wife, Dana Reeve, would develop lung cancer shortly after this and die two years later at the age of 44. Um, a lot of reports also say that she was very healthy, never smoked, so the lung cancer kind of came out of nowhere. Rather ominously, it seems that the supposed curse seemed to really have targeted the 1978 Superman movie, as Reeve was not the only victim of the doomed production by a long shot, with various actors appearing in the movie, experiencing death and misfortune and later and after production. Margot Kidder, who played Lois Lane, famously had a manner of woes in her life following Superman. Her career would take a deep plummet, her bipolar disorder became worse, and a car accident in 1990 left her partially paralyzed and unable to work. She turned to drug and out drugs and alcohol and in 1996 had a major mental meltdown, vanishing for several days only to turn up delusional, chopping off her hair and ranting about how her husband was out to kill her. Kidder's life would further unravel and spin out of control until her death on May 13th, 2018 of an alcohol and drug overdose. Hmm. Also in the 1978 film, Impossibly Cursed was famed actor Marlon Brando, who played Superman's father. After the film, Brando's life went kind of um, sideways, to say the least. His son shot his son shot his half-sister's boyfriend and was sent to prison in 1990. His daughter committed suicide in 1995, and Brando himself became a notorious recluse, considering that he was nearly impossible to work with. The once unstoppable actor um, saw his star fade right up until his death in 2004, really just three months before Christopher Reeve would die. Even the actor who played baby Superman in the film is said to have suffered from the curse. One actor, Lee Quigley, who appeared as a baby in the movie, died in 1991 at the age of 14 after overdosing on inhaling harmful gas aerosols that he had done to take the edge off because he had been bullied at school because he was in Superman. The curse would spread out to the sequels as well. Richard Pryor appeared in Superman 3 in 1983 and went on to develop crazy drug abuse problems, get multiple sclerosis, and he died December 10th, 2005. Although the most famous series of Superman films to have incurred the curse of the wrath um, 
did not end with dark rumors. There was the 2006 film Superman Returns, which supposedly was plagued by freak accidents, mishaps, and bad luck, including onset injuries and even a mugging. And Kate Bosworth, who played Lois Lane in the film, famously blamed the Superman curse on her romantic split with actor Orlando Bloom and her other personal woes. In later years, there's also a TV show, you guys remember it, Smallville, which featured actress Allison Mack, who played Chloe Sullivan. She was arrested in 2018 for sex trafficking and forced human labor. It is hard to say whether all of these problems came from the curse. Um, movie productions employ so many people, and there's bound to be death, misfortune, and accidents from time to time, and so many of them are involved, so these mishaps could just be coincidence or random. Um, there have been lots of cast members who have said they don't believe in the curse, though. Um, actor Henry Cavill was in the most recent Superman movies. Um, 2013, Superman, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice 2016, and the Justice League in 2017. This is what he said about the curse. Well, I mean, I honestly don't believe there's a curse. I think there's some sort of bad luck in the past, especially when it comes to horses, and I don't mean that as a joke. My fiancé is an international show jumper, and I know all the risk attached to that. You can fall off a thousand times and be fired through fences, and then the one time you're home in your yard, all it takes is something to startle your horse, and you're off, and you fall the wrong way. That's bad luck. I don't think it's a curse. So, what do you guys think? Do you think there is a Superman curse? Do you think it was all just bad luck, bad timing, coincidence? I don't know. It seems pretty cursy to me, but... Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to let that roll around in your brains. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Um, keep checking your planner so you know what day it is. That's what I've been doing. Making lots of to-do lists so I can accomplish all the things this week. Guys, stay safe and uh, watch some Superman. Have a great week. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.